Welcome to Bad Days Build Better Days, where we share real life experiences to motivate you. Join us as we explore mental health, fitness, entrepreneurship, and discuss how the bad days can build better ones. So take a deep breath, grab a cup of coffee, and let's dive into today's episode. Just a little disclaimer before we dive into today's episode. I am not a licensed professional. I am not trying to give anybody any sort of medical advice. I just wanted to share my story in hopes that it makes you feel less alone. I do encourage you to reach out if you need any help to a doctor or therapist. I highly recommend betterhelp.com. That's the therapist that I use and I reached out to my own doctor. If you feel like you're not getting the help that you need, then try a different doctor. And as always, my DMs are open if you just want somebody to lean on, if you want somebody who will never judge you and kind of just help you um, in a way of just like listening and sharing my story. So let's dive into today's episode. Obviously, by the title of this podcast episode, we have a lot to unpack here. I wanted to talk about my sober journey, but... This diagnosis, I feel like they just kind of intertwined together. So much had happened when I decided to get sober, um, sober from alcohol. And I just, I wanted to put this into two, although I will do separate episodes on both of them too, so I can unpack more. So let's go back to um, the day I decided I was never going to drink again. So it was February 27th. I, and this was uh, 2022. I had spent almost like a year. I remember like really it hit me in the summertime of 2021. I was like, ah, I am wasting my life away. Like I don't want to drink anymore. I was doing so good before. I did like this 75 hard challenge and I just like I wasn't drinking as much and then I just started drinking constantly again and I felt like I was gaining weight. I wasn't showing up in my business. I wasn't hitting my goals anymore. Like I was my mental health was just spiraling again. And I was like, "What is happening? Like this is not what I want." And so I would fight with myself all the time about it. And I even got this book called Quit Like a Woman. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the author, but it's super good. You can get it on Amazon wherever. And there was just so much like psychology behind it and like she was just explaining how alcohol affects your body for so long and affects your mental health and how like normalized drinking is and that's kind of what it was. Like I had more like fear of missing out not drinking than anything just because I had placed this label on myself this party girl I was a great time I had fun like I had great friends we always did fun things and it always revolved around alcohol and it was like did I even want to live this life anymore like when when did I pick up this label and did I even want to like carry on with the label and so that kind of like not drinking kind of played back and forth in my head for oh a long time 
And looking back, like, I have tried to stop drinking so many times in my life. Like, I remember I was 19 years old and I was running a half marathon. I was like, okay, I'm not going to drink for five months while I'm training for this. And it's like I always kind of dabbled in the thought of, like, not drinking, but I always went back to it. So I kept telling myself, like, I don't have a drinking problem. Like, no, like, I'm not an alcoholic. And then I was like, why can't I quit this? Like, <laughs> I'm really good at quitting things when I, I set my mind to it. I'm like, no, I, I'm going to work out every day. I'm going to, you know, I, like, I'm very determined. And I was like, why is this the one thing that I, I can't stick to? So that's kind of when it clicked in my mind. I was like, okay, this needs to change. And I got very, very drunk. And I had done this before. It was, this night was no different than others. But it was my friend's birthday. And we were just at her house with her parents. I'm not kidding you. Like, we did not do anything. Like, some people are like, oh my gosh, what did you do that night that made you stop drinking? Nothing. I hung out with her parents and I got way too drunk. And, like, I felt like trash for, like, days afterwards. And I had so much I needed to do. And so that was, like, February 27th. And then my, um, my birthday is March 7th. My anniversary for my program all of these things are the beginning of March and so when I woke up that Monday it was like her birthday I think was like a Friday so I had the weekend I was just like in bed the whole time I was so hungover I was so sick to my stomach it was awful um and then that Monday came around in my Facebook memories I was laying in bed and my Facebook memories were all about my anniversary, like, Curvy and 30, my, um, my program, I'm an online personal trainer, so the anniversary of that, like, I always do, like, a fun photo shoot, I do a huge sale, like, it's always been such a fun and busy time for me, like, March is when I always hit my financial goals because of my anniversary sale, and I just laid there in bed, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing, like, I, I don't have even the thought of creating an anniversary sale right now, like, I'm not gonna do a photo shoot, like, I hate how I look, like, I was so upset, like, wondering why that passion, that, like, fire burnt out, and why I'm not doing these things that I've always done, and I really loved, and I remember I was dating this guy at the time, and he was, like, up getting ready for work, because it was super early, and I, like, walked out, and I was, like, in tears, I was, like, I'm always doing an anniversary sale, and I have nothing, and he told me, he's like, well, you still have time, and I was like, yeah, you're right, and so that's when I, like, went back into bed, because <laughs> I was like, I'm too tired, I'm not waking up yet, and I laid there, I was like, something needs to change, I am no longer drinking, as of right now, I'm no longer drinking, so I, I laid there, and I was like, what is different, why am I turning, I was turning 27, in a couple days, I was like, why am I turning 27 and still very not happy with my life? Like, why haven't I been able to accomplish these things I really want to do? And they really aren't that, like, out of my reach. Everything's right there in my reach. I've always said this, like, I felt like I was on the brink of something massive, but it just never happened. I was like, what is holding me back from having the life that I want? And so I, I was thinking, I was like, okay, 
think about everything you've done these last 26 years of your life because everything you've done obviously isn't getting you the life that you want because if, if it was, you would have it already, right? So you need to scrap everything you've done your whole entire life and refresh. And I kept saying to myself, rebrand. It's time to rebrand. I started listening to new music. I started, you know, eating differently, working out, walking, like just showing up differently and dressing differently. I sold literally all of my clothes, like except for things that I absolutely love. I still only have like a couple of shirts. And when I buy something, I'm like, okay, I think on it. I'm like, am I actually going to love this? And it's just, it's just a personal thing. Like, I don't want clutter. I don't want to wake up in the morning and be like, oh my gosh, what do I wear? And then you like throw clothes around every morning. I'm getting off topic, but it all just comes back to like, I wanted change. And so I wanted to change everything. And usually I don't recommend this to like my weight loss clients, but sometimes you get so sick of your own crap and you have to. It's like, all right, hit the restart button and start scrapping it all and showing up how you need to show up. And I think we all know how we need to show up. It's just really hard because we're used to showing up in a different way. So I did that and I was like, I'm going to stop drinking. And it was just crazy. It was like this switch flipped in my mind to where I no longer ever wanted alcohol. And like I had said, I tried to stop before and I would get like a week or two down the road. Um, the, the furthest thing was like, I think two months when I was doing the 75 hard challenge, but even that I couldn't finish the 75 days. I was so close. I was at like 60 days and I immediately went back to just like binge drinking again and like partying. So it, this was like different because I didn't immediately crave alcohol. Usually it would get sunny out and I'm like, oh, I want a beer because I drink IPAs. So I would just like start getting, like I said, the FOMO. It was like, wait, everybody's outside drinking a beer. I want to do that. And so when I was thinking about that, like what kind of were these like triggers to craving alcohol? I had always said like, oh, I just really love the taste of beer. That's why I drink it. And once I started drinking and there's non-alcoholic beers, I was like, ew, I don't want that. Like, if I'm not getting drunk, why would I want that? And so I was like, mmm, I don't actually like the taste of this. I like the effects of it. And that was a hard thing to finally, like, come to terms with because for so long I was like, no, 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 no. I just love the taste of IPAs. Don't get me wrong. I think I did. But also, IPAs had like 6-7%, so I'd get drunk faster. And yeah, so once I kind of like broke that down in my brain, was like, okay, you can still do those things. If Is it you want to go outside and enjoy like kind of the brewery atmosphere, everybody's sitting out there, you want to like have fun with a friend or your boyfriend or whatever, um... Is that, like, the experience you want, or is it drinking? And once you start coming to terms with that, it's, like, sometimes it was, like, no, I just I just wanted to drink. I'm just, like, in my brain, I'm trying to say, like, I want all these other things, but because I don't want to be, like, I want to drink. 
because to me, I think that sounds too, like, dependent on the alcohol, but that's what was happening, and so I had to finally come to terms with that, like, you can still go to the brewery, hang out with your friends, and be in the sunshine, and drink water, (laughs) and I was like, no, I don't want to do that, so it's like, okay, so I don't think you even care about the whole situation, you just want the alcohol, and once I really dug into that, I was able to kind of, like, break free of that FOMO, because I had an understanding, it's like, no, like, I could still, there was times where I was like, but I really, I love breweries, I love being able to hop around to these breweries after a hike, and have a great beer, and have, like, a soft serve pretzel, it's like, you could still do that and get kombucha or why don't you switch that scenario and now you enjoy going to little coffee shops and getting a fun little pastry and a coffee because I also love coffee and I've been doing that and turns out it's way more fun than getting drunk at a brewery because once I would like a beer I would drink way too many of them and then it's like you shouldn't be driving. Nobody should be driving away from a brewery. I think that's such a weird concept. We all drive to a bar, and even if you just have one drink, you're you're driving away after drinking. So odd to me. Like, I mean, I've done it. I I don't drink and drive, or I didn't drink and drive, but technically I did, even if it's one or two drinks. So, anyways, that's a that's a whole different story. Just some things like when you stop drinking, when you kind of remove yourself from that situation, you start being like, wait, how does this make sense? Why are we all sitting in a bar literally killing ourselves? Like, alcohol is so bad for you. And I hate sounding like a hypocrite because I was the person who was drinking a six-pack a day. Like, I drank so much. If you know me, like, you're probably laughing because you're like, girl, that was you. And it's like, I'm fully aware of that. I never want to be a hypocrite. It's just funny the things that you start to realize when you're like, (laughs) disgusting. So anyways, I got sober and it, it was, it was good, but also it came with a lot of unpacking. So I like, I didn't fully realize how much like I used alcohol to cope with things And that was something I didn't like. It was like, if I was stressed, drink. If I was sad, drink. If I was happy, drink. Excited, celebrating something, drink. Hanging out with friends, drink. You know, I was like, wow, I'm literally drinking for every scenario. So my my brain didn't, like, know how to comprehend these emotions and, like, feel them and process them without... A mind-altering substance and so I would feel emotions so strongly and I was drinking since like age 16 or something um it was kind of off and on sometimes it wasn't as much you know like it got kind of bad towards the end like and especially in like my 20s like 21 23 kind of area so anyways let's just say I was basically abusing alcohol for 10 years and using like when you start so early I didn't know how to process emotions like when I started drinking for emotions so early like I never learned that and so I um started disassociating 
extremely bad. And I had dealt with disassociating before, but it was never every day, all day. It was like the scariest thing ever. Like months went by and I I had no like recollection of time. Like I couldn't remember anything. And it was just like I was in this daze for so long. And um, like I said, I had disassociated before. And if you don't know what disassociating is, um, it's really hard to explain. It's like an out-of-body experience. And it can come on just randomly. So, like, I would be driving and all of a sudden I wouldn't feel real. And, like, everything, like, I would, like, hit my fingers to try and, like, feel something. I would, like, pinch myself. I would, like like, put ice to my wrist, I would eat, drink food, try and, like, snap out of it, and I just couldn't, and it was so scary, and, like, I couldn't understand people, um, I felt like when I was driving, I'd be like, I could literally just crash my car right now, like, nothing feels real, and it's just a scary way, like, to live, and I think a lot of us may have experienced this because my therapist explained that our mind does this when it's trying to protect us. So I, and like towards the evening, I would start to kind of get like this sick feeling. Like I didn't feel so good. I'm like, oh, it's a stressful day. And so I'd have a drink. So I basically was, I guess, like trying to disassociate like from my stressful day and from all of these emotions. And mind you, I was in a really bad relationship that I never fully processed. And I had, you know, childhood wounds. I had all of this trauma, like so many of us do, built up and stored in my body that I just kept pushing down further with alcohol. And it it didn't seem like a lot, but like when you keep pushing things in this bottle, eventually it's going to get too full. Like you can't push anything more in it. It's going to spill out, right? So that's kind of what was happening to me. At least that's what my therapist (laughs) said. I have no idea. (laughs) Um, so I, oh God, it was just so bad. And I would get into these really depressive episodes, these really, really, really dark lows. And then I would experience like these really highs where I'm like, life's so good. I'm going to do all these things like blah, 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 blah. And then it would hit. And I was like, I'm a low life, like, screw everything, I don't want to live anymore, like, I can't get out of bed, I'm constantly crying, it was just so bad, and I had kind of experienced this before in the past, and I'd be like, what the heck, just two weeks ago, I was crushing it, and now I, like, don't even want to get out of bed, like, what's going on, and typically, it was associated with a goal, too, like, if I had a goal, and I was working hard towards it, I was getting excited, and then, if I didn't hit it or something went wrong, I would get really depressed. And so I was like, okay, I'm just really goal oriented. I've known this my whole life. That's have always been. Um, no, I, not a lot of people know this. Um, cause I've been still trying to wrap my head around this, this whole scenario and how to like explain it. Um, so I moved 3000 miles away from home, right? It was this big, exciting thing. I was so excited, and mind you, I had been dreaming about this for a very, very long time, um, it wasn't just a sporadic thing, nothing had happened, I just was like, all right, I'm trying to, you know, change my life, I'm trying to live 
my life on my own terms. This is the next thing. I'm going to do this for myself. This is something I've wanted to do. Am I prepared? No. Do I have a lot of money saved up? No. Do I have a reliable car? Heck no. I have no car. (laughs) Do I have a plan? Absolutely not. But I knew it was the next thing I had to do in this whole like rebrand, restart of my life. So I was like, I'm going to go do it. And I did it. And um, I, it was super fun traveling around. At night, I would kind of get down. Like, I'd be like, wow, okay, I'm crashing. I'm tired. I'm, I'm lonely. Like, I had never experienced, like, that lonely feeling of, like, absolutely nobody is around. And it wasn't even, like, a significant other loneliness. It was, like, I don't have friends. I don't have family. I don't even have an acquaintance. Like, literally everybody around me is a complete stranger. And so that was scary. And then in the morning I would get up and drive, and it was exciting again. And so I finally got to Wilmington where I had an Airbnb for a week, and I didn't have a car because I had to return my rental. But I had stayed in a Airbnb that was close to things so I could walk. Well, the whole time I was there, it was an absolute downpour. And so I was stuck in this little space and I was kind of annoyed because I thought it was like a whole little condo. No, it was just a bedroom. It was like a side room. It was bad. It was a tiny, tiny space and it had no windows. And so I was basically in bed all day, every day for a week and I couldn't go anywhere. And so I start and I started freaking out because I didn't have a car. I didn't have a living situation. I was like, okay, this is what I, I planned to have no plan, but now I want a plan and I was freaking out and I was door dashing Starbucks every morning for $18 because pumpkin had just come out and all I wanted was a pumpkin cold brew. And then I would just cry and I couldn't stop crying. And everybody was like, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to hear like where you're at. And I was like, I want to unalive myself. I don't know if I can say I wanted to die. And this was supposed to be the most exciting thing. This was supposed to make me want to live. Like, I was so mad. I was like, I thought I got away from all of that. And now I'm here with nobody. And I, oh gosh, it was so bad. Like, I was terrified. I was like, what am I doing? And I was applying to all these places. I was trying, but then I also had no motivation. I was like, I don't even want to do this. And I was like, come on, get it together. You have clients. Like, you needed to make more money. You needed to do all these things that you were so excited to do. And now, like, I didn't even want to find a show on Netflix. Like, I was just so, like, already just dead. Like, it was so bad. And so, finally, I was like, you got to pull it together. Like, you can't leave your dog's 3,000 miles away from everybody. You can't do this to these nice ladies in the Airbnb. Like, what what are you going to do? And I called my doctor. Well, I, like, messaged him on my chart. I was like, can we prescribe me, like, depression meds or something? Like, I can't stand this. Like, I have gotten so bad, I'm scared. And he immediately set up a phone call, called me. Mind you, so, like, uh, back in, like, 2020 just like I feel like everybody um I was I finally went to the doctor like I 
went to the doctor when I was young and was diagnosed with like depression and all of that jazz and I had tried to tell him that I felt like I had ADHD but my doctor was so anti-meds that he was like no 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 and I was like whatever okay but I'm happy that he didn't put me on meds at an early age but so I was um like diagnosed with ADHD or more like ADD um back in 2020 so I was put on Adderall and it slowly kept increasing so at this time I was on like I think 10 milligrams and it was supposed to be an extended release but gosh I would come down so hard and I didn't realize this for a long time that's a different story so anyways I was already on Adderall um and he like we didn't prescribe anything else because he was like well this typically helps with depression um, no, sir, it helps when it's at its peak, but then at night, I feel like the whole world is collapsing, and then I have to go to bed, and then redo it, and it was just not a fun way to live, so anyways, I'm like, doc, I need something, like, I am not okay, and I'm bawling on the phone with him, he's telling me to go to the ER, he's like, you need to go to urgent care right now, like, you're unstable. And I'm like, my dogs, my dogs, I can't go anywhere. He's like, okay, deep breaths. I'm going to check on you throughout. He really did. He checked on me out throughout the night. And then weeks prior, we did phone calls. Little did I know it was like $300 a phone call. Um, but he really did save my life. I believe I, I don't know if anything would have happened, but I couldn't get myself out of that feeling. And like I said, I've, I've been there before. Um, so it just, it just wasn't fun. <laughs> um, so we did like this whole assessment and obviously he already knew like, okay, depression is a bad thing. Oh, when I went in for ADHD, um, I was having extreme panic attacks and we kind of diagnosed it as ADHD. But so he was like, okay, so for the anxiety and depression, I'm putting you on Lexapro. I'm just, I'm going to share my meds here. And also I just want to, again, say I am not a professional. Please talk to a doctor, talk to therapists, figure out your solution and your diagnosis. Don't try and diagnose yourself, all of that, right? This is just my story. And I like to just share things. So maybe you don't feel so alone because I had nothing to go off of. I was panicking when I got this diagnosis. So he's like, okay, we're going to do this, this, this. And, um, it sounds like you're bipolar. And I was like, what? I'm not mean. Like I thought bipolar meant like you randomly start screaming and yelling at everybody. And I didn't think I was like that. Maybe I was, but like in my mind, I was like, I'm not mean. I'm not mad. And he's like, so there's different types of bipolar. And he um, diagnosed me with bipolar 1. And I kind of forgot. I should have looked it up again. I forgot the difference between like bipolar 1, bipolar 2. And then there's also BPD. Um, bipolar. Shoot, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I, I should have looked it up. Um, and that's a like personality disorder. I think it's like bipolar personality disorder um so there's different versions and if you really want to dive deeper I know Oregon he was like unfortunately you just moved but we have this like whole mental health clinic where they actually go and do brain scans so they can figure out your exact diagnosis and what kind of therapy and prescription and all of this stuff that would work well for you 
If you're in Oregon, I highly recommend going to Samaritan and looking into this. I wish I was there. Um, I don't know if they have it in other places, but so I w obviously wanted to do that because it's hard to just answer some questions and be like, okay, you have bipolar, but things kind of fit, and I still don't know if that's my entire diagnosis or what's going on with my brain because we can't look at things, right? So all I know is that the meds that he put me on have really, really helped. So it was a lot to deal with, and he's like, look, you're goal-oriented, and he actually put this on my chart notes, bipolar, goal-oriented. He's like, do you get really excited? And I had just, I had talked about this earlier in the podcast. Um, he's like, do you get really excited about a goal or something you're going to accomplish, but when it doesn't work out, do you get really, really sad and hard on yourself? And I was like, well, yeah, I just, that's how I've always been. I just really want to accomplish my goals. And he's like, no, so it's not normal to experience this manic high and this depressive low. He's like, that means you can be bipolar. You have a imbalance to where you're experiencing this high. Maybe you start buying things. You start, you're, you feel like you're high on life. You start texting all your friends, making plans, doing all these things, picking up another job, hence why I've had 35 jobs. Maybe you want to get into a relationship. Sorry, boys. <laughs> I've had some relationships where I'm like, I didn't even like that guy. This kind of explains it. Maybe you want to pack up all your stuff and move. He's saying, do you feel like this cross-country move was a manic decision? I was like, yeah, it, I definitely it could look like that. But maybe it was. But I had wanted to do it for a while. So I don't think it's entirely that. He's like, but it's not working out. So now you're having a depressive episode. And I was like, yeah, doctor. But I wanted to do this. So anyways... That was the breakdown he gave me. He also put me on the Motrin, which is a mood st stabilizer. And that was really hard to get on. Um, we started with a really low dosage, and I broke out so bad that I was afraid that I got the rash. Um, there's, like, a mild case of a rash, but then there's, like, a life-threatening rash. And so that's why I never, I'm like, talk to your doctor. Like, medication can be scary. It can have other consequences. So, anyways, I take these meds, and for once in my life, it's just, like, I don't feel like a zombie at all, but, like, I just feel like I'm not experiencing these crazy highs and these crazy lows, and yes, like, the crazy highs weren't so bad, it was, like, I felt, like, high on life and full of energy, but knowing that I, it, it wasn't how I was supposed to be performing because I would crash, I was, like, oh my gosh, like, this is nice just being leveled out, and I'm still happy, I'm still feeling, like, high on life, but, like, I'm not experiencing that crazy, scary low. Now, for a while, I still was, until I got off Adderall and realized that the Adderall was giving me that spike, and then I would crash off of it, so even with the other meds, it felt like my body was all just trying to battle itself. It was, like, I had these mood stabilizers, these kind of like numbing things, and then the Adderall was like, woo, let's go, and then I would crash, and then like, but my body was still, my brain was still trying to like stabilize things, and I, it was just a mess, like I was just all over the place, and so I stopped the Adderall, 
um, that was really hard because I used it as a crutch in my business and in my life. I started really relying on it, like, oh, I can't focus. Take it. Um, and so I had to learn how to focus better on my own and manage my time. And so far, it's been better. I felt like I would get into these hyper-focused states where I would do nothing but one thing and then I would get out of it and I would just like, I wouldn't text my friends. I had my friend Jen would run across the street because she'd be like, are you okay? Like, I haven't heard from you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just really trying to get this done. And she's like, when was the last time you went outside? I'm like, crap, I haven't even taken my dogs outside. Like, it was bad. Like, I'm like, I don't want to live like that. Like, that's weird. I literally feel like I'm on crack. I'm on drugs. Like, this is not okay. So anyways, now everybody's story is different. Everybody's, you know, situation and their uh, experience with, like, drugs and prescriptions are different. So, again, don't let this scare you or pursue, like, persuade you, I can't talk, um, into getting on something. Talk with your doctor. Do your own research. Everybody's different. And I highly recommend going to a therapist I know it's expensive. It sucks. I hate how inaccessible. I hate how mental health care or just like healthcare in general is so hard to access for just a normal average person. Like this, the calls with my doctor. The, if I went to urgent care that night, the prescriptions, I don't have health insurance, which I need to do, I know, don't come at me, it broke the bank, I'm not gonna lie, that was a lot of money, I picked up all my meds and it was $164, and the little uh, pharmacy here was like, we don't take coupons, because I could always get a coupon from GoodRx, if you haven't done that before, check it out, um, and I could take it to Walmart, and no problem, I would get, like, the Adderall was, like, normally, I think, like, 100-something, and I would get it for 30 bucks, so totally worth looking into that, um, but yeah, this pharmacy didn't take it, so $164 out of my pocket, and then it was 250 to $300 per phone call, and we had a lot of phone calls, that was hard, and if I went to urgent care, that would probably be a couple thousand, depending on what happened, or whatever, you know, they would have done, so, and then therapy is expensive too, and so it's like, I understand it's really hard, like, you want help, but you can't afford help, and talk to your doctor, talk to somebody, they're willing to work with you, with the online stuff, I don't have to, like, pay up front, I don't know how it is for, like, an in-person, um, doctor's appointment, because I haven't done that without insurance, um, because I just kind of refuse, <laughs> um, and then for my therapy, I went on to betterhelp.com, and they have, like, it's like a, um, like, group therapy, and then you are paired up with your own therapist, and you can change, and you buy per sessions for a month or something, I don't know, but they have, like, really good pricing options, and I will actually link, like, my discount code below. I think it gives you, if you purchase, you get, like, two free weeks, um, and then it also gives me free weeks, so if you use it, thank you so much. Um, therapy's not cheap, so let's help each other out as much as possible. And they 
it was super great. I really enjoyed it because they had a group thing too, so I could join in in as many groups as I wanted, along with having like my own one-on-one therapy. But I joined a bunch of like bipolar, how to manage bipolar, managing your bipolar diagnosis, and it was other people, and you don't have to talk, or you can talk, and you can listen to other people's stories and situations, and it felt really good for me understanding how other people were dealing with this and what to expect because like I said I had no idea I was scared I was like why am I bipolar I don't want to I don't want this on my chart like reading that like bipolar ADHD depressed I think you put like severely depressed anxiety I was just like oh my gosh I don't like these labels it stressed me out but I don't think of it as a label anymore. I don't say I am bipolar. I am depressed. I say I'm struggling with depression. I like have this diagnosis as bipolar. Like I don't put that label on myself because I don't let it affect me. I manage it. I process my emotions. I I feel like if anything, these diagnoses helped me kind of understand things better instead of getting frustrated, like, oh my gosh, why were you so happy and, like, accomplishing so much last week, and now you can't get out of bed, like, you're a loser, what is wrong with you, I give myself grace now, I, I can understand what's happening, um, I write it out, and every time near my period, my energy and my, um, uh, what do you call it, like, my levels, my hormones, my serotonin and dopamine start dropping, Hence why us ladies get so emotional or angry during our period. It's because we really are changing. Our dopamines, dopamine levels are dropping. And dopamine is kind of like our feel-good, happy um, uh, hormone. And so when you are already kind of like neurodivergent and depleted in that, hence you're already struggling with depression or you have ADHD that's neurodivergent, um, or you are bipolar, whatever it might be, um, you're already lacking that dopamine. So then once your body is, like, depleted more of that because of your period time, your PMS, um, you're, you're gonna get severely sad or moody or whatever it might be. So knowing that, Knowing that when my period was coming, I could give myself grace, make sure my stuff was done, and maybe if you can schedule, like, your day offs around there or or whatever you can do, or just, like, yeah, give yourself grace, like, plan for that, and that's what I would do. Like, okay, I have these things I need to get done, so I'm going to get it done in this time frame when I'm feeling really good, and I know that maybe next week when I start my period, I might be more depressed. I might be struggling, so what can I do? I'm going to change my workout routine. I'm just going to go on walks with my dogs because that's doable. Going to the gym or working out at home, sometimes that's not doable when you're in that headspace, right? So move your body in ways that feel good for you. I plan kind of like my sugary meals around that time because chocolate and things like that that you're craving actually can give you a little dopamine hit, a little serotonin dose because you like, it's just something you're craving and you're like, ah, sugar. It feels so good. And that's okay. It's it's not a crime. It's not the end of the world. If you eat more ice cream, 
on your period because if it's making you happy, go for it. I schedule time with my friends. I pick good movies. I sleep more. I lay in bed more. And instead of beating myself up saying, wow, you're so lazy. You're eating like crap. You're just laying in bed. I'm like, no, this is what my body needs. I am a woman and our bodies change so much. And instead of fighting it and trying to push through it, we need to learn how to give ourselves grace. We are delicate. We are perfect little women. We're supposed to just flourish and nourish our bodies. So let's start doing that. It doesn't mean I know I'm I'm the person that has to hustle and go, 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 or else I'm like, what the heck am I doing? I'm so lazy. No, you don't. We're not built to hustle. We have this PMS. So much is changing throughout our entire cycle. We are not the same every single day. Like a man is the same every single day. His hormones aren't like changing and fluctuating throughout every day. So we can't perform like a man. We can't hustle like a man as much as we want to. Don't come at me. I'm the same way. I'm like, I can outwork you, but my body can't keep up. My mind can't keep up. And I'm learning that and it's okay. So that's just how I've been coping with everything. I journal a lot. I like to write down, you know, the date and my mood and kind of what's going on that day. So I'm like, you know, today's a really great day. I went and got coffee with my friend. I walked my dogs. I'm doing great in my business. I like kind of write out these things. So when I have a bad day, I'm like, today sucks. I miss this guy. I'm, you know, I can go back and I'm like, I can see the patterns. It's like, okay, well, when I was feeling really good, this is what I did. So go get coffee, go hang out with a friend, laugh with them, and go walk your dog. And then boom, my mood is better. And you can't always change that. I fully understand that you can't just snap your fingers and, you know, do all the self-care and boom, your, your depression's gone. I get it. I get it more than anybody, girlfriend. But you can do things to actually make you feel better. So just kind of like every like I said everybody's different. So just really like think about what's going to make you feel good, what gives you grace, what, you know, what do you need in that time. But like this isn't also just like a hall pass to like lay in bed for weeks because like you're depressed and that's what you need to do because I've done that and it's it's not going to get any better. So just know what makes you feel the best. And yeah, that's it. I'm going to wrap up this episode. I just really wanted to share my story and what's been working for me, how I've been coping with this diagnosis. Like I said too in the beginning, it was so hard. I was scared. I didn't want to tell anybody and I still don't really tell a lot of people. Well, okay, just kidding. I just (laughs) put it on blast for the whole world. That's not something like... When I start talking to a guy, I'm not immediately like, yeah, I'm bipolar because they need to understand it. It's it's a heavy diagnosis, I feel like. And maybe some people think it's the lashing out and it's the mean and it's mad. And sometimes maybe I can lash out. I don't know. I This has been my normal for my entire life. Um, so I don't know what's right or wrong you know, and that's something, it's a crazy kind of thing, it's like, wait, 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 feeling this way wasn't normal, like, I shouldn't be doing these things, like, ah, it's frustrating, it really is frustrating, so give yourself grace, I'm really sorry if you are going through this, 
I'm always available if you just want someone to talk to or, you know, kind of vent out your emotions. I'm not a professional. I can't give you, like, advice, really, but I can just be a friend. I can listen. I can, you know, give you kind of my perspective, like, how I've been dealing with it and hopefully just make you feel less alone. Um, TikTok is also a good resource. I feel like some people kind of, like, cope with, like, humor, and that's just not, like, it wasn't helpful for me. Um, but, like, a lot of people are bipolar, and it goes undiagnosed because a lot of people just, that's, like I said, it's it feels like a normal way of living. So they just don't want to go to the doctor. They don't, you know, whatever it might be. So you're not alone. I'm going to pop off now, please. Again, my DMs are always open. Casey Fit Cakes on basically every social media platform. And I hope you have a fantastic morning, day, night. I will see you next Thursday. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Bad Days Build Better Days. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to rate, subscribe, or leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you'll come back for the next episode of Bad Days Build Better Days. Until then.